you know I like zombies. I think this is actually kind of, it's not a perfectly named version of it, but th there's, there's a, a fungus out there that actually can take over ants and um, kind of control them and manipulate them to death for the purpose of, you know, propagating their own species. Yeah. I'm sure you're familiar with oh, this. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about it. Yeah, the zombie fungi. The zombie, yeah. So the zombie fungi were basically invented just a few years ago. They were already known. Lots of species, don't, they just weren't called zombie fungi. Right. Uh, when they got called zombie fungi, now everyone wants to know about them. It was cool. So, you know, it's a typical case of marketing. Sure, yeah. So, yeah, so these fungi, rather than make this great big fruit body that sticks up off the soil on a stalk that produces the, the spores that you'd mentioned, which you know get the purpose of that tall mushroom is to get the spore-making part of the fungus up in the air column where the spores are blasted off of it and then they waft away and, and find suitable habitat. Well, if, if a fungus doesn't make one of these big structures, they do other things. Maybe they fruit off the side of a tree and use the tree as their launching pad. Or if it's an insect killing uh, type fungus, well, you're kind of limited because the insect is kind of small and, and down near the soil, so what do you do? Well, um, these zombifying fungi have come up with a really good plan. Right before they sporulate and, 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 and make their spore-producing structures, they also produce different types of hormones that are exactly like the hormones in those poor little animals that they're a parasite of. And so the fungus gets into the creature, either it's ingested or breathed in, and there's, there's different ways, it, and there's actually a couple different, not really closely related groups that have hit upon this same idea, and that's sort of typical in nature, that if someone comes up with a great idea, you know, like plants with roots, the fungus copies with its own There's, there's no copyright laws yeah, in the animal no, kingdom. no way. It's all no that's no IP. So th these fungi, but right before they... You know, they live inside of the creature for quite a long time, and, and, and the creature unwittingly totes them around and, and what, whatnot. So uh, right before they kill the ant or caterpillar or whatever the insect is, because they hit all kinds of different insects, they will take over the mind of the insect and tell it to climb up as high as they can on whatever surface they're on, and then latch onto that surface with their legs or with their mandibles if they have, you know, big biting mandibles in, on their face and latch on, and then, you know, out of courtesy to me, the fungus, then die so that <laughs> right. I can use your body as a launching pad. And so... Um, and feed upon it. I mean, it also uses it as a nutrient. Absolutely. Yeah. So when I first came across these things was when I was a little kid. What? In, in the garden. And it wasn't ants, it was flies. And so in the garden, I would notice that the tips of onions... So if you imagine an onion stalk sticking up in your garden, has a very long uh, leaf-like stem that ends in a, a point, you know, uh -huh. a tip. And at the ends of lots of these, I would see a fly, like a housefly looking fly, hanging on and clearly dead. And in fact, you know, if I touched them, they would crumble because they, they dried up. Mm -hmm. And I remember vividly asking my dad, what the heck's with these flies on the tips of these onions that are all dead? And he's like, oh, well, y y you always see that in the garden. I've I've seen that forever. It's because uh, the uh, onion poisons the fly. Yeah, that's what it is. The onion poisons <laughs> the fly, came and took a bite of it, it gets poisoned, and it doesn't poison us, but it poisoned the fly and it killed it. And that's I how thought, rumors start, man. That's how rumors start. Bad information. I thought that's, that's stupid. And if I l actually looked really super closely, you know, after hearing that for a couple of years, after I wised up and looked super closely at other surfaces in the garden, around the house, wherever, I would see the same thing. So, I mean, that wasn't a good explanation. And the, the explanation is um, these, these insects are all over the place, dead from this fungus, which is really common in the environment. 
It's just that right at the tips of these onions, this animal that was dead there was noticeable. But for anyone listening to this, um, if you want to see this, just look around your house. And I know back in the Midwest where I used to live, the wintertime would be a great time to see this because flies would come into the house, um, I guess, seeking out warmth. And now, of course, they fly next to the window and they hang out there. And all the time I would see flies stuck like halfway up the window, like just stuck on the window. They weren't squashed. They were just stuck there and like all this powder around them. And so what that is is another one of these zombifying um, uh, fungi. And so if you were to, you know, just take like a hand lens or whatever, you would see all this like white fur coming out of the insect that were covered with dust. And that's the fungus mycelium covered with spores. And, you know, and so they blast all these spores out and then uh, apparently gets breathed in by flies or the flies are attracted to it or something like that and then they get infected yeah and so it repeats itself well the kind of the, the really gruesome thing you're kind of burying the lead here because this thing is crazy when it develops so you have this ant that climbs up to the top oh, of a tree so, oh you're talking oh so you're ta- i know which one you're talking you're talking about the one that has a big stalk that comes yeah out so of the this neck. yeah so oh, okay. as they die and then yeah. this you had this stalk comes shooting out of the back yeah. of his neck like that's crazy. This is so, gruesome. Yeah. So the the ones that I was mentioning are the the much uh, the ones that have been known a lot longer. That, that's the, the the insect killer group, Entomophthorales. That, yeah. that literally means insect killer. Insect killer. The order of insect killers. So the ones you're talking about are more of the cordyceps type. And the exactly. Cordyceps. cordyceps. Yep. Those guys and are nasty. Yeah. So those really those were the ones that were the zombifying fungi that have been in the news. And again, it is pretty gruesome because this ant. It's very dramatic. Yeah. It's very this ant's holding on and. <laughs> For the listeners, if they're probably Googling now, <laughs> um, this stalk starts emerging out of the ant that gets many times the length of the body of the yeah. ant. Yeah. And it looks really creepy. And at the ends, this kind of weird, like, billy club, like a knob thing. <laughs> yeah. And the knob is where uh, these little spore-producing chambers are, and then they blast spores out of there. So, yeah. And then, again, there's um, a number of fungi that hit moths and beetles and, and spiders that also form these long structures that are in this uh, uh, cordyceps group. And a number of them are really super important Eastern medicines. You know, the, yeah. the cordyceps that gets on the ghost moth in Tibet is the whole, I mean, the whole economy of Tibet is built on collecting this one fungus that lives on the moth. The entire economy of the Tibetan Autonomous Republic of China <laughs> is built on this caterpillar <laughs> because they're worth, ju- it's worth just millions of dollars. Wait, is it, this is the Yartsa Gunbu? Yartsa Gunbu, yeah. Yeah, it's a ca- so it's a caterpillar that grows, but it, it's in the ground, right? It goes in the ground and then shoots up and you have to dig it out. Yes, so the, this little ghost moth, uh, not much to look at, and its caterpillar also is not much to look at, and it eats grass. So, you know, if you can imagine what the the high steppes and prairies look like of Tibet. There's no trees. It's mountains and these grassy plains like, you know, like western Kansas. And so there's, the only foliage around is grass, so all the organisms there eat grass, mm. you know. And so this, this moth larva eats grass too. So it lives its life munching on grass, and then it overwinters as a puparia, you know, so everybody knows about um, moths and butterflies starting out as a caterpillar and then going through this metamorphosis and then uh, turning into a butterfly. So the, the moth larva go, digs underground, turns into a puparia underground, and then will emerge as a butterfly, you know, as a moth, the next season, unless it's infected uh, by unless. fungus. Yeah, unless. Unless. Yep, so, so this caterpillar, of course, that has this fungus in it, it, it's also very dramatic how well 
you know, this has been going on for millions of years. So the, the fungus has figured it out. Yeah. So it tells the caterpillar, you know, not to dig down too deep when it's going to turn into a puparia. And also it tells the caterpillar which way to orient itself, which is very important. Cause what? Really? Yeah, yeah the stalk's going to come out of like just behind the head of the caterpillar, just like in the ant. Yeah. It's going to come out of there. So if the caterpillar is actually head down in the soil, which I think is what they prefer to do, uh, that would kill the 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 fungus. I don't. I think the it, the the stalk wouldn't necessarily, you know, orient right and come out of the soil. It's very important. It comes out of the soil because has to blow its spores into the air. It can't stay underground. Yeah. It would be it'd be curtains for the fungus. So yeah, it tells the the caterpillar which way to bury itself and where and everything. It's calling the shots. So then the caterpillar goes into this rest phase and turns into this puparia, which you know, looks for all intents and purposes like any other moth cocoon sitting yeah. there under the soil. And then, I don't know if it's uh, just, I forget if it's just before winter or just after winter, then this sort of like a, about the size of a wooden match, this long stalk, because the caterpillar is pretty skinny too. It's, mm. it's not like it's as big around as, as your pinky or anything. It's, it's kind of skinny. So this long stalk comes sticking up out of the soil and all of Tibet shuts down, you know, the schools, businesses, everything. They all totally shut down, and everyone goes into the mountains to collect these things because they're worth a fortune. You now, know? when you say a fortune, I mean, you're talking about the value of gold and platinum. I mean, this isn't like a joke. This is, this is definitely not a joke. This yeah. is like the Wild West. There are, this, is a, this is a place in the world where people get by on hundreds of dollars a year as their income and can find piles of these things that are worth tens of thousands of dollars. So as you can imagine, it's like the Wild West where there was Prospectors gold. Prospectors and stuff. Yeah. yeah, and there's shootouts and everything, and it, it's really happening <laughs> now. It's been in National Geographic and, and all kinds of news magazines. And, and of course, it's going to get even bigger and bigger time because uh, you know everyone wants to cash in on this. Every year, they harvest more and more of this stuff. So That's incredible. And it's all pretty much going to China you know, because people uh, think these are a, a super medicinal it's called the Viagra of the Himalayas. The Viagra That's why people Himalayas. are getting yeah. killed over it. It's Absolutely. Boner pills. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so now these things are, here's the, I read this incredible article just to finish up on the zombie, on the zombie ants specifically. Yeah. There was this study that was done, which kind of proves the coevolution between these two things. Because obviously it's a very specific, you know, species of, of fungus that infects a very specific species of ant. Yes. So there are similar, so what this, I'm sure you're familiar with this, but what they did is they took you know, very similar species of fungus and infected, no, one specific species of fungus and infected several species of ants. And what they found was that it would kill all of the ants and produce, but it could only manipulate the very specific yeah. ant. Yeah. That's crazy. I yeah. mean, you know, the very specific ant it's tied to, yeah. that's the only one can manipulate their behavior. Yeah. That's very specific. Yeah, and you know, that's how these sorts of uh, specific co-evolutions happen. You know, there's all kinds of things that can feed on all kinds of other things. Not very well, but they can get by. And there's one that they home in on. You know, in your garden, everything in your garden has, has poisons in it. You know, everyone's like wanting to eat all natural and mm -hmm. not stuff that's been sprayed by chemicals. Well, truth be told, everything in your garden has poisons in it. Not necessarily poisonous to us, but poisonous to things that... To something. For millions of years has been feeding on it. We call those, a lot of those strongly, you know, strongly... Um, a bitter or smelly or whatever compounds, you know, we call them flavorings, but like the, <laughs> the sulfur compounds in, in broccoli and cabbage, that's a poison uh -huh. to insects. The, um, 
I mean, if you any any the, the solanine that gives potatoes a flavor. I mean, that's very insecticidal. The the nicotine and tobacco, it's it's extremely toxic. It's even toxic to us, you know, right. at high levels. Well, it's the most potent insecticide on the planet. So you know, we we tap in, and even other organisms have tapped into these things because maybe through chance this. Um, this caterpillar that could eat cabbage or the milkweed bugs and, and monarch butterflies, somehow they're able to detoxify this incredible poison that's in milkweed. Well, now they have an, an, you know, a, a, a food source they can exploit because nothing else can eat this stuff because it's so poisonous. Mm -hmm. Right, right. So in the case with the monarch, I mean, they can go one step further. Not only are they not poisoned by the cardiac glycosides that you know, is a heart stopper, uh, in that milk that comes out of milkweed. Not only are they not poisoned by it, but they can actually keep it in special places in their body. And if something eats them, they can be poisoned by the milkweed poison. That's crazy. So, yeah, so there's a lot of creatures that are like that. But again, back to the, the, the zombie ant story, um, the dude that came up with this, his name's Hughes, and he published a paper, uh, a review of it for Fungi Magazine that I published. And that's where I first really started reading about like all the little nuances with these um, different fungi that hit the, the different species of, of insect, just as you were talking about. It turns out they can, they can make a living and survive off of several, but not as well as this one group. So they're really getting closer and closer, you know, intertwined and obviously most successful with that group when it comes to reproduction. Yeah, and the other cool thing, just to, to put a button on this, I did a, a podcast on ants. I'm fascinated with ants. I <laughs> yeah, love ants. Yeah, they're great. And when they detect an insect, uh, when they detect one of their own that's infected by spores, they know mm -hmm. and they grab him and they just yeah. haul ass to the outside yep. <laughs> as far as they can and drop him off because one of these one of the, one spore you know can infect the entire colony and yeah. wipe it out. Yeah, it's crazy stuff, mm -hmm. man. Uh, I think you, you know I think human uh, other animals are like that are to, to some extent like that. I think humans used to be like that a lot more. You know, if I don't like infected people around if, me. Oh, right. Yeah. If, you know, you had an infected kid or some family member. Get I rid mean, of them. A long time ago, they would get ditched, you know, yeah. because of you didn't understand what happened. But all I know is when I see those pustules on that body, bad things happen next to other people. So, mm -hmm. unfortunately, you know, they... Kids got to go. Yeah, kids got to go. Kids got to so. go. I get it. Um, wonderful. Well, thank you for taking this extra time out to talk to me about these mushrooms. Sure. My pleasure. All right. Thanks to everyone for listening.